I'm the kind of person where um, I honestly believe I can do whatever I put my mind. And I told my husband, I said, I really want to go back to school and study music. And he was like, we got three kids, honey. That's that's not going to happen. <laughs> and sometimes um, it can be discouraging because you can like, well, you know, can I can I really do this or can I can I really do that? But then I have to go back and tell myself that this is a mind game. And Maria, your mind is powerful. You can do it. Hey there, welcome to the Conductors Podcast. I'm your host, Chao Wenting, a conductor with over 20 years of experience working with professional symphony orchestras, opera houses, new music groups, and vocalists. I'm also founder of Girls Who Conduct and have mentored hundreds of conductors from across the globe. I created the Conductors Podcast to share all the behind-the-scenes secrets with you while I interview conductors, musicians, and business gurus from around the world. This is a space created for conductors, conducting students, musicians, and non-musicians who are curious and interested in learning more about the profession, craft, industry, and business. Shy away from the real talk? <laughs> no way! Money, hardship, growth, and the roller coaster of a conducting career are all topics we discuss here. I will give you simple, actionable, step-by-step -step strategies to help you take action on your big dream, move through the fear that's holding you back, and have a real impact. Now, pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. Hi there, welcome back to episode number two of the Conductors Podcast. I'm your host, Chao Wenting, and I'm so thrilled that you're tuning in today. Can I tell you something that gives me inspiration and motivation no matter what kind of mood I'm in? Not to mention, it's one of my most favorite parts about being a mentor to others. It's the impact and legacy created day in and day out by passionate fellow girl conductors and entrepreneurs. I truly find that when someone starts an initiative from a place of wanting to make a genuine impact, they leave a legacy. In fact, I'd love to ask you, what kind of impact would be important for you to make in this world? I don't know if I've thought enough about legacy, so I'm asking you this question because I'm really looking in the mirror saying, all right, Chowen, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Welcome to the show, Maria. I'm so thrilled to welcome you to the show. And I can't wait for you to share your story and experiences with my audience. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you today. Thank you. So before we get started, though, will you give everybody a brief intro, just a little bit about your background and how you get to where you are now? Sure. My name is Maria A. Ellis. I go by the Girl Conductor. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I am a uh, K-12 vocal music educator. Uh, I serve as the high school choir teacher at Sumner High School. I also conduct the Sheldon's City Music All-Star Chorus. I am the host of Bach and Beyonce on Classic 107.3. And I also have a new symphony job um, hosting the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra live broadcast on Saturday nights along with my good friend Alicia. So that's, that just happened. Uh, I'm a person who loves music and conducting and educating, and I am a champion for the girls. 
Um, so everything I do is, is about girls and diversity and, you know, just changing the game so that all of us have the same playing field. So, yeah, that's me. I think that is so exciting because this profession has been so imbalanced in so many ways. And it's our common shared goals to have more girls, women, and even non-binary folks on the podium that we are seeing as we deserved and we get all the opportunities just as all the other folks. So I'm so glad to see that you have influenced so many people through your social media posts and your work and also like your can I call you can I call it an initiative or is it like a service the girl conductor? It's not a company, right? How should I uh, uh, Actually, it is a company. It's an LLC. Wow. Wow. Um, and the company, yeah, the company like provides diverse music education resources for um, educators. And it also provides like professional development and voice lessons and things like that. But just helping everybody try to get to their best self musically um, via the choral music. I'm not, I'm not an instrumentalist, so I don't, I don't get into things that I don't know nothing about. So. <laughs> I'm all core music. That is great. I think that's so important because a lot of the inter- instrumentalists do not learn to sing or do not learn to make music, make sound with their body. They just get an instrument and start play. Well, this is the most natural, and the, like the first thing is like we make sound, we make noises, and you have to really understand how that is affecting our body. And it's it's the same as you play an instrument while we just don't realize it as much or like we kind of we tend to ignore it when it's really affecting your body like how your mindset is affecting your playing we just don't want to think or talk about that so um (laughs) i'm so glad that you brought up the idea about diversity and i understood that you didn't start as a core conductor right away just fresh out of college right you actually had a little detour coming to the podium can you talk a little bit about your journey and how you, how you kind of how you overcome the objections you might have in your head, like the mini dramas telling you that you can't do it, this is not something for you, or other people looking at you. Like, how do you get here? Yeah, well, let's talk about it. So, I've been a choir director since I was twelve years old. So, I've directed church choirs since I was twelve, and I remember in high school um, being a part of the concert choir. And telling my teacher at the time, I said, I want to do something with choir and conducting for a living, but I don't want to be a classroom teacher. And she kind of said, like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't I don't know what you could be. So I, I didn't know the path to be like a conductor right away or I would have went. I studied that straight out of high school, but I didn't, I didn't know that path. So I studied um, business and worked for AT&T and sold telephone services and internet and all that kind of stuff. And I just wasn't happy. I mean, I was happy with my paycheck, but like overall, I wasn't happy with the job. My, my pastor at my church um, asked me to conduct our children's choir. We, had, we was starting to revamp the children's choir. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And immediately I like fell in love with it. And it was consuming. Like every day I was trying to find new activities for these students um, to learn about choir. And I told my husband, I said, I really want to go back to school and study music. And he was like, we got three kids, honey. That's that's not going to happen. 
I, so I have to two. To I know. <laughs> but my husband was like, oh, we got all these kids. We we can't do that right now. We can't afford it. And I was like, ah, okay. So I, I stayed another year at AT&T, but they had, um, my job was laying off. And if you got laid off, then they were paying for two years for you to go back to school. And I had seniority, but I, I asked my husband again, I was like, um, if they don't let me off and pay, can I go back? And he was like, yeah, you can go back. And so I took the layoff and went back to University of Missouri, St. Louis and studied music education. And I loved it. Like I was so consumed with learning because I felt like, here's, here's something, I felt like I didn't know a lot because everything was being taught via the Western European um, culture. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know any of this, even though I'm a gospel music and I've studied music for as long as I can remember, I just felt like I didn't, I didn't have a connection to it until my theory three class when we were, we were, he was playing a series of notes and I was like, that's gospel, I know that. And then I had to tell myself, Maria, stop looking at it, at it through the lens that you don't know this. Look at it through the lens of, they're just, speak, they're just teaching it to you in a different way. They're just giving you the language. You already know chords and stuff. Now you have the language to match what those chords are. Um, and so after that, um, I just started like coming up with other ways to teach the same concepts. So if we were learning, um, let's say we we're learning rhythms instead of learning, like I didn't learn Thai, you know, in school I learned Thai, Thai, T, T, Thai. I didn't, I didn't learn it, but I was a stepper. So like doing body steps, like that's something I've done like forever. So I was like, okay, well, that's one, two, three, and four, you know, and I would put it in my body, I put it somewhere, and I was like, well, I know it's other people like me who have a different upbringing who may not be able to get past um, the Western European lens, but maybe if I just do it in a different way, I can show others how to do it. And that's kind of what birthed Girl Conductor, again, celebrating girls on the podium because I didn't see women on the podium back then. Um, I actually didn't see my first black woman on the podium until 2020 it was the first time I ever mm. seen a black lady conducting on the podium. So my, my job, I guess, is just to be out here and it's like, yep, we girls, we out here, we do this. We conduct, we teach, we are entrepreneurs, we create, we do it all. And that's not easy um, because like you mentioned earlier, you are constantly fighting yourself. Like, am I the one that should be doing this? Um, if I put myself out there, you know, is somebody going to say, She's not qualified. She shouldn't be doing this. Uh, I remember in uh, college where they were talking about, you know, when you walk on the podium, you, know, you have to be dressed a certain way. You shouldn't wear high heel shoes and you shouldn't wear this, you shouldn't wear that. And I was like, that sounds nice, but I feel more powerful in high heel shoes. I feel like I have a, a better, like, I feel like my confidence goes up when I'm in my heels. So when I walk on stage, I'm walking out in three, four, five inch heels and I'm going to conduct and I'm going to do a good job because that's how I feel confident. It makes me feel confident. So I'm like to the point now where like you can say whatever you want to say. That's fine. If, if you don't feel I'm the right person for your venue, that's fine. I understand that. But your venue is not the only venue. There are millions of other venues out here and um, yeah. I'm going to go work for the ones that's right for me. That is so true. It's like we sometimes get buried under all the parts that we didn't know before or we forgot to 
to differentiate. Okay, there are things we don't know or we didn't know how this was called in a certain culture or like、mm-hmm. you say, like the Western tradition or the notation. It you can read music written in that way doesn't mean that you can do a good job singing. And the audience couldn't see you, but I was seeing you like moving your, with your body. That is so natural because we we see little kids. They kind of just hum and move their body and、mm-hmm. shake their head and clap and like even stomp on the floor with the music. While this is this is just kind of basic things we do as human beings. When now we are taught that you can do it just because you can read the music. The way someone else's does, it doesn't mean that you can. You are not capable of doing it. But can you talk a little bit about how you change this mindset? Okay, now like you said, you have to look at things that you are capable of. Like, how do you encourage other, especially women or like people of color like us, to really see your value in when you are in this really. Unfriendly society sometimes, like when everybody's kind of looking down on you, say, "Hey, you don't know a thing." While deep down we know, but we just don't know how to show it in your way. Yeah, yeah. So、uh, I am, I'm the kind of person where、um, I honestly believe I can do whatever I put my mind to. I, I believe that with everything in me, and sometimes、um, it can be discouraging because you can like, well, you know, can I? Can I really do this, or can I can I really do that? But then I have to go back and tell myself that this is a mind game. And Maria, your mind is powerful. You can do it. And then I make a plan. So I'm I'm a I'm a person who、uh, jots down. I, I just find stuff and I just write down what I want to do. So I remember in college writing down. I don't want to teach in a classroom. I want to travel the world, conducting and providing professional development. I wrote that down, and I remember my teacher, who was a man who I love dearly. I love him,、uh, love him like a father. He was like Maria. I don't know anybody else who does that, and I said that's fine that you don't know anybody else who does it. But this is what I'm going to do. So I wrote it down, and then I start making moves to do that. So my first year out of college, I presented at our state conference, our state、uh, core directors conference. I presented two sessions. One session was about Things that I should have learned in college. It was called "Somebody Should Have Told Me," and it was all the things that I should have learned in school but didn't learn. And it was—it wasn't a shady, like I wasn't being shady or anything like that. But it was just things that they don't teach us, but we need to know. The second was a gospel session because I didn't see gospel music pre- being presented, and I know that that's what I know how to do. Now you could—I may not know Bach and Beethoven and all that, but I know gospel. This is what I've done all my life. So I presented a gospel session, and that session blew up. And I said, "Well, if all of these people who are in this room enjoyed this session, then other people will enjoy it as, as well." So I posted a clip of it on social media, and social media has been like it can be a blessing and a curse. But the blessing is, we as women, we can create our own platforms. The days of waiting for somebody to do something for you; those days are over. Because we can create our own platforms, we can create our own lanes, we can sell our own products. I'm not waiting for the next publishing company to create、uh, hand signs that are different colors, like black. I'm not waiting for you to do that. I already did it. Now, if you want to jump on the bandwagon and do it after me, that's fine. But in my classroom, you're gonna get diverse hand signs. In my classroom,、uh, 
um, if I'm teaching vocal music, I may not teach you what, what a diphthong is, but I'm going to teach you how we do it. So we say, hey, hey, hey. That's natural in black culture for when we're dancing and when we're getting each other hype. So on my board, when I'm presenting that, 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 that symbol for A, which is a diphthong, I'm going to teach it like we do it. A, like we say, A, A. So I'm just, I'm just adding it so that everybody understands. I'm meeting people where they are and I'm not waiting for permission. So if I could tell my, my other girls that's out here, don't wait for somebody else's permission to do it. Whatever you want to do, do it. The sky is the limit. And the only person that's stopping you is you. What you said was just so inspiring. It's like meet people where they are. I felt sometimes, especially the Western classical musicians have this pride in a way that's mm -hmm. okay. You should come to our a concert hall, you should dress up. This is such a special thing that you treat it as like a celebrity. While this is really not how you engage people. You need to meet people where they are, both physically, you need to go out to where they are and mentally say things in a way that they can relate and can understand mm -hmm. instead of having to teach them like you said like this is called the diphthong and we have a schwa like i was telling my kids when a is pronounced as uh it's a schwa they were they looked like me as i was like i was crazy i said yeah it actually has a term they were like why i was like yeah why why are we creating all these unnecessary barriers and i love that you said about the social media it's like yes we now have a platform we don't need to be waiting to be picked to be stamped by a big publisher or like a record label okay now you're worthy we are worthy mm -hmm. and right. say just, yes also like, just, i think it's so great that you say i just want to summarize for my audience because i know things could be kind of running around when you are just listening but as maria just say really one look at things through a different lens don't let your inner voice talk you down because you know deep down you're worth it and two just find things that you know even just a little more than others like maria with her gospel that's something that she owns it if you know a little more about bach than others then you have full right to go up there and conduct and do anything or you know a little more about beyonce like her show mm -hmm. you have full right to talk about it you don't have need like a thousand followers or someone like a good music school degree to just kind of verify you okay now you're an expert we don't make that and the last thing i found was so good that maria said write down things that you can do break into steps that is just so good so do you want to tell us a little more about like being an entrepreneur how was that like and also like being yes. a musician and entrepreneur and mom and all that music educator we are wearing so many hats yeah well i think being being a being a mom being a woman we we have we are always wearing many hats if you think about it um especially those of us who have children and and we're married and we have careers we have on all these different hats and we manage all of that well so i just do all of that um as an entrepreneur um i i decided that i didn't want to work for um any particular company like full-time 
And so I have a lot, like most positions, we got lots of gigs. And at the end of the year, we got a million tax forms because we've got gigs all over. Um, but I, I use a planner and I try to plan out my days um, so that I'm not away from my children all the time. I try to do a lot during the school hours when they're not at home so I can get through that. Um, I talk to them about my career. So I tell them that your mom doesn't have a regular nine to five job. So some days mommy has to go here and mommy has to travel there and things like that. Uh, but I write it down. I'm a big person about writing things down because that's, that, that's what keeps me sane. Um, I also put things in my phone. So I keep my calendar in my phone and I keep a physical calendar because I'm, I guess I'm, I guess I'm getting old, honey. And as I'm getting older, if I don't write it down, I don't remember it. <laughs> so I have to write I it down. I totally so. understand it. <laughs> so I do that. Um, I also try to find ways to see what's missing in music education. So that's, that's really what Girl Conductor really does. I try to find what's missing. So let's go back to diverse hand signs. I remember going to people's classrooms and seeing the Soul Fetch posters. Uh, you know, seeing those posters, right? And all the posters had white hands. And I was like, black hands do this too. And so I was like, well, let me create black hands that do this. And then, so I created a set of black hands. Then I said, well, Maria, not only do black hands do this, my skin tone, I said, but uh, lighter skin tones and there's darker skin tones. So then I created a set that just had multiple skin tones. And I did that because I said, all kids need to see that they do this because if people who are not in minority cultures, what they are, they are considered the norm and everybody else is an other. But music isn't like that. Music is really for everybody. So everybody should see themselves doing it. If, if we as girls had seen other girls on the podium, we wouldn't have to have platforms now about girl conductor or girls who conduct because it would have been the norm versus just seeing a man on the podium all the time. You know what I mean? So I, mm -hmm. I, I try to find ways to, to see things that I didn't mainstream and try to create, or I may take a spin off something somebody else did and I may just add some Maria-ness to it. Um, and kind of make it my own and just show it a different way. And I'm not taking away from the person who originally did it, but here's just a different spin on what you did. Like my moose song. Um, there was a great big moose who drank a lot of juice. That's a camp song, right? But I added a little jazz to it. So instead of doing, way oh, way oh, we do, way oh, way oh. So just adding a little jazz, some little jazz rhymes to it and all. And now that appeals to a different culture. My culture, me, Maria, little black kid, may not have got with the camp song. Why? I ain't never been camping. That's not my background. I've never been camping. But Same now here. that it's jazzy, I can get with it. See what I'm saying? So the camp songs, they, to me, they corny because I ain't never been camping. But now it's adding a little jazz to it, a little flavor to it, a little sauce to it. I can get with that because now that's more like my culture. Same song. Just adding some more sauce to it. Just like we talked about notes. Yeah, we still can do ta ta ti ti ta one, two, three, and four. But maybe if I'm doing it to a rap beat, I can get with that better because that's more my culture. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And so that's what I try to do as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, I'm trying to find ways to keep creating, to keep changing music education, 
to keep saying, okay, this is what we've done for a hundred years. Now let's remix this. Let's remix it and come up with something new. And um, I try to, like I said, I try to keep my schedule so that I'm not away from home all the time. Um, I try to make sure that I'm always uplifting whenever I go out. I'm, I want to be uplifting. I want to be inspiring. I want people to know that the sky is the limit. And it's not just something that we say. It truly is the limit and that we can go out and do it. Um, and so that's that's my life as an entrepreneur. And then I had to learn all the legal stuff about it so that my, you know, my company is registered, girl conductors trademarked, uh, making sure that I'm taking care of my taxes and all that kind of stuff. And those are things that we're kind of not taught in the music world, how to do all of that. So I had to hire somebody because I want to be legal, number one, but also <laughs> I want to be able to tell the, the next girl who wants to start her business, hey, sweetheart, this is all the stuff that we got to do to make sure that we're in compliance and that we're legal and, you know, we're handling our business. Um, we're handling our copyrights. We're handling making sure our stuff is registered with all these various companies and whatnot so that we can get our coins because I love coinage, honey. We can get our money. And so, you know, that's, that's, I feel like that's our job. Like as you get older, you're supposed to help the people that's coming behind you and pull them up so they can be even better than what you are. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely so true. It's like all the things I wish I was there at your session of like all the things that you wish you had been taught in college because they, I'm sure that there are so many. But oh, there are so many thoughts that's going in my mind now. But I just want to say I really love your idea about seeing the diversity in a different way because a lot of times when we don't look into it, we didn't question it because that's how things were always done. Just like you say, all the white hands. As as Asian, I don't ever question that because that's how I always see in textbooks, like everything is kind of white because we thought, okay, they are the experts. They started this, they, they, it must be right. And just as a couple months ago, I stopped onto the cartoonist Instagram account. I think there was someone who drew the cartoon cartoons for the classical FM. And I, I look at the drawing, it was all funny about musicians' lives. And I was so mad because all the women in the drawings are a supportive role. It was the mom mm. like sitting next to the musician dad playing with the kid, or it's the wife needing to go somewhere while the husband is gigging, doing important and serious other things. It's like the assistant checking with the maestro, hey, we have to go there. And, and while the maestro was doing something like kind of more official, more important. And I wrote to the curtains, I say, hey, I appreciate you including women, but can we normalize seeing women or seeing parents, seeing moms as professionals because sometimes we kind of discount your professionalism when we learn okay you have kids oh you must be not serious about your job you must be like tied in your family so you can't travel we don't want to trust you with a gig and all that it's it's just like really important that we need to be seen as professionals and like you say we're wearing so many jobs and we're good at doing what we are yeah, we are great at doing doing these things. And not only that, a lot of times we are better than the men at doing these things. What? We we can we kill it 
When girls hit the stage, we kill it. And we kill it because we know that there's people who's already doubting us. So we come in knowing our yeah. stuff. We come in knowing everything above and beyond because we've rehearsed it over and over and over and over and over again to make sure that we are perfect. And then as minority women, we do it over and over again and then do it 10 more times because I have to be three times as good as my white counterpart. And then 10 times as good as my white male counterpart for me to even be seen back in the day if I was waiting for somebody to put me on their platform. But now I'm not waiting. Now I'm just coming out saying, this is what I'm doing. Oh, I'm not waiting for, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I would love it if the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra was to hire me to come conduct the piece. But if they don't, I can go find some other musicians and I can conduct them and then put it out there and host a concert and have people pay because we can do that now. Have people pay and just watch me conduct if that's what I want to do. We don't have to wait anymore. Those days are over. Women, those days for waiting are over. We can do it on our own. Yeah, really. And then if you're in my generation or with my background, like, I was a little intimidated by social media because like, I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't feel comfortable putting my face out there. I don't, I don't want to be seen and be criticized or be judged all the time if I posted a picture, if people would think, okay, she, she doesn't look good or she doesn't know what her story. That, this mm -hmm. time really passed. Like really, no one is really watching, but one, you just need to put yourself out there. And I was wondering, I know that you offer um, a lot of things through the Girl Conductor, as you say, it's their voice lessons, their coaching sessions, they are like, like idea brainstorming sessions, and you also do professional development. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of professional development sessions that you will be including or like covering or maybe some tips that you are willing to share with the audience? Sure, I'll, I'll do both. Um, so I do professional development for, I've been hired by schools uh, to come in and maybe I'll do a session about diversity or I'll do a session on gospel music or whatever they look into. Um, I've, I've been an elementary, I've worked for St. Louis Children's Choirs and and taught elementary choirs, and which elementary is my favorite. Um, I've taught high school choirs that I've started. I've started my own choirs and things of that nature. So I get brought in to do all those types of sessions. Um, and then I also offer my own sessions. Again, putting myself out there. Um, if somebody, okay, let's take last year, Black History Month. I didn't wait for somebody to hire me for a Black History Month session. I'm Black. I know Black history. And so I offered a Black History Month session. I think all people should do that. Uh, right now we're in the middle of Hispanic History Month, Hispanic Her Heritage Month. Um, that my Hispanic sisters, y'all should be offering sessions to teach us about your culture. You're the expert. You're Hispanic. When it's time for Asian History Month, my Asian sisters, you all again, don't wait. You should be offering those sessions teaching us about the music and your culture. Because that's what that's how you grew up. That's your culture. I'm definitely gonna do it every time it comes to something black, because that's my culture. So I offer those sessions. Um, I would offer these tips to anybody who's thinking about offering sessions. Uh, make sure that you are organized with whatever the topic you are going to present on. Make sure you're organized. Make sure you have all your thoughts together. Um, brainstorm and write down. I love writing, but write down your thoughts, your ideas. And then rehearse it so that when you're standing up in front of a crowd, you're not, you know, like traveling off somewhere or getting lost or 
you know, saying, um, and then we got a whole five, 10, 20 second pause trying to wait for you to get your thoughts together. Like, no, come in, be professional, stick to the top, the topic, stick to your time frame, take questions about it, be the expert and things that you don't know, don't make up answers. Just be like, you know what? I don't know. Let me find that out. And I'll come back to you. Give people your email address. Give people ways to contact you. Post on social media once you did this session. If you did the session, I'm going to use you because you're Asian. If you did the session of uh, Asian women in music, then post on your social media that you presented a session about Asian women in music. Why? Because somebody else may be looking for that session and they can come and get that information or hire you as an expert for that. So again, just putting ourselves out there. And if you need tips, like I offer coaching sessions to help people. Like I have a girl conductor university where I teach people how to have their own business. Um, I teach them about um, social media. I teach about branding. I teach about all those different things again, so that we help the next people who want to do it so they can get on and do it as well. So. So just recapping, I think it's all great. Like everything we now need to learn because like before I remember when I went to music school, you were taught, okay, you just be the best conductor and then you'll get a job. You just, you just learn the best conducting techniques, which is totally untrue, which was untrue and still like so untrue now. But as Maria says, like seven tips that she talked about when you're offering something, one, be organized. You want your audience or like people that you're talking to be able to understand your concept, like step by step, have a sequence and organize your thoughts. Number two, brainstorm and write down your ideas and just, like put things together so you can see visually as well how your ideas are being presented. Number three, it's so important you want to rehearse it and probably record yourself and listen to it both like video and audio. Just use your phone. Come on, everybody can do it, but you really want to pay attention to the vocalized pauses. It, it took me a long time to like kind of be aware of the um uh, mm, and you know uh, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. We don't want that because you are not saying professional. And number four, you want to stick to the topic and the time frame. Just don't go everywhere because that's a, I think that tied to the first one. You need to be organized. And five, be honest and authentic. If you don't know something, just be honest. Say, okay, I'll go to go back and do some more research before I can fully answer you. Just don't try to make up things because people notice and you know it. You know it when you really know it deep down. That's your thing or it's not your thing. And it's okay. We don't have to know it all. Just present. You can say, okay, based on my limited experience, my impression will be this and that. But I will be able to pr provide you with a more thorough answer after I do some research and the next one be reachable you want to really talk to audience give out your email or if you're not comfortable give out the website where the contact form is working i have sent so many inquiries through the contact form with no answers because probably it's not like monitored anymore you don't want that you want to be reachable and the last one post it on social media be known just put yourself out there and if you're ever in doubt, just reach out to us because we are here for you. With Open there, um, we know how to cheer you up. You need cheerleading friends, and we are here for you. And that is, I think that is so great. Yeah. Getting you as girls, finding your team, your crew of people who 
got your back. And you need some people that's going to be honest with you, not just people that just say everything is good. You need some people in your corner that's going to be like, that's good, but change that. Or, now, nah, girl, you tripping. Don't use that one. You know, you got to have those people on your team that can be honest with you and say, you know, you did a great job. Let's work on fixing this. Or, girl, pull back. Let's go back into the, let's go back and, and redo this. You know, you need those people in your life. And I'm, I am a cheerleader for everybody. Like, I really try to be a cheerleader for everybody in general because I really want to see everybody win. You know what I mean? I want to see people win. I want to see people blow up and be successful because I feel like if they winning and we connected, then I win too. We all connected. We're all winning. Really? And then I felt when I was starting decades ago, there was always this competition and tension between women when they're more than myself because you felt, okay, when they need diversity or when they need a woman, they just want one. So we are in competition with mm -hmm. each other, which is so untrue. Mm -hmm. It's not about having a smaller slide of the pie, but baking more pies. Yeah, all have different types of pies. You can have raspberry and, I don't know, like strawberry. You can have caramel whatever i'm going crazy with pies <laughs> but it's we all have things that we know so well that we can share with everybody and it's really doing the world a disservice if you don't put yourself out there and start sharing your experience because your people need you like people need to hear about our stories and know that with open there is not a straightforward path and we all manage to go somewhere and we are still in this together. I think it's like so important. So lastly, since I know diversity is one of your key focus and areas, I do want to ask if you have any tips for people who might have been more privileged than others like our white women colleagues or white male colleagues who want to join this, but it's might be difficult for them to see through a different lenses because they find the norm. Like kind of what kind of things that you can be more careful to or a bit listening more or pay attention to? Uh, I recently did an episode with my friend Chris Muntz, who has the Coralosophy podcast. And um, he came to my church. Um, somebody challenged him um, to be the minority, to go into a situation. He's a white male. Go into a situation where you're the minority. And so he came to church with me a few weeks ago where he was the only white man in our all black church congregation. And um, he said it was eye opening for him because he's not used to not being the majority. He's not used to his way not being the norm. And I challenge people, if you really want to learn about diversity, spend time with people who don't look like you. Spend time with other cultures. You want to learn um, diversity? Come spend time. Come spend time with my school, where it's all black, um, where um, it's ninety nine percent free and reduced lunch, where um, there is poverty all around. Come, come spend time with us and see how we get down in our schools, and that'll give you a different perspective of why people of color do the things that they do. It's not because we're trying to say that, that white people are bad or white people are wrong. No, 
we just there's different experiences that that we have i wanted to learn about asian culture so in college i had like five friends who came they were part of a a program where they came from china and they studied uh music music business at my school so i wanted to learn their culture so you know what i did we hung out we went to a there was a a a, a 20s a retro dance a, i don't know what it's called like what but it was a 20s dance or whatnot roaring 20s dance and so i went out and i hung out with them and we went out and we partied and we had a great time but i got to learn about them just by hanging out with them in that sense and then built a friendship with them that's how we learn spending time you, you're not gonna learn about black culture by judging what you see on tv and 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 what you see on social media no you want to learn about black culture come spend some time with me and i'll teach you i'll teach you about just being me you know what i mean and and when i want to learn about white culture i go spend time with white people so so that i can learn i'm an educator and to me it's my job to educate everybody who comes into my classroom not just the black kids that come in my classroom so i want to learn about all my students backgrounds i want to learn about you know what songs that you listen to growing up what songs that your parents play in the house what uh for thanksgiving or if you're having a feast what are you cooking are you cooking this how does that taste why do you add spice to it why do you season it this way? Why do you do it that way? If I, to, if I was to make that, how would I do it? Because I want to learn. And I wish that all of us would. I think if we all did that, I think that would take away a lot of the prejudiceness that we have in our country. Because we really would just see each other as people and not as white people, Asian people, black people, Hispanic people. No, we're just people. And some of us have a little more melanin in our skin than others. So that's that's what I would say. Yeah, and I think it's so important that you really leave other people's experience with an open mind, not with judgmental mindset. Okay, this is different, and this I don't like, or this is something that's weird. Just as I tell my students, it's it's a buffet of mm. a lot of different cultural and a lot of different backgrounds. You just you're just going to try it. You don't have to love it. You don't have to spend your the rest of your life eating ramen or eating dumplings or singing gospel but you have to try it you have to really come to the people like really understand them if you are talking about diversity and as you say social media is only a part of who we are mm -hmm. and why we do things in a certain way i would i would just encourage everybody if you don't know anywhere to start okay you say i really want to learn i really want to be a champion but i don't know what to do even just start following us understand our perspectives and when you have time hang out with us on zoom or if you're around grab a coffee with us we'll take you to our programs so you can see what kind of ensembles, what kind of musicians that we are working mm -hmm. with, why are we doing things in a certain way that might be different mm -hmm. or foreign to mm -hmm. you, which serves the same goal as to meet people where they are. And that gives them other tools in their toolbox. That just gives you, I mean, as educators or yeah, conductors or whatnot, I love having various tools in my toolbox. So me, me and somebody else, okay, that's a tool you use. Okay, teach me how to use this tool. Okay, good. Now I can use this tool and add it to my toolbox. So yeah. Yeah, and I think in the end, everybody benefits. And that's just a wonderful world that I hope my granddaughters will be living in. <laughs> 
But I wanted to make sure that we have a chance to hear it from you. Like, where can people find you? I know we mentioned. Um, I will put all of this in the show notes. But just tell us, like, where to follow you and find you all your wonderful works. Yeah. I, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I am at Girl Conductor on all social media platforms: uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, um, Clubhouse, Twitter. You can find oh YouTube. You can find me on YouTube as well. Um, so definitely follow me there. You visit my website, girlconductor.com. Um, if you want, if you're interested in hearing my radio show, you can find me on Classic 107.3. Um, that is uh, Bach and Beyonce on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Central and 9 Eastern or on Sundays at 2 p.m. Central and 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, if you're interested in our new show, the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra show, that will be on St. Louis Public Radio and on Classic 107.3. You'll hear that show. And that's just a, the live broadcast of the, Saint, the Grammy Award winning St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. So you can definitely check that out. Um, and, you know, whatever I can do to help, please reach out to me. Reach out. Um, I don't mind answering a question or two for you. Um, if you want to get in depth, we can definitely have a consultation and, and we could talk about your goals and, and trying to help you move forward. But my goal is just to help you and, and, and for me to get help when I need help because I may need you someday, you know? Yeah. So really follow us and reach out to us anytime. No question is too small or too silly. We've all been there. And Marie, I just want to thank you so much for joining me at this episode of the podcast. Thank you. No problem. My pleasure. I appreciate you. Uh, and I appreciate what you're doing with Girls Who Conduct. I love the page. Love how we're championing women. I love it. I love it. I love it. So thank you for all you're doing to celebrate the girls. Thank you for that. Thank you. What a beautiful conversation. And you can find links and resources that Maria mentioned in our show note, chowenting.com forward slash two. That is C-H-A-O-W-E-N-T-I-N-G dot com forward slash number two. All right. Are you ready for your action steps? Think about the conversation we just had. What really hit home for you? Was it maybe around the change of the lens through which you see things? I want to invite all of you to find a positive lens whenever you feel like you are not enough and don't belong. Or perhaps you realize that you are actually ready to get up and conduct. You know what she said? You are ready to go out there and be seen now. You were ready to start yesterday, my friend. Or maybe you loved the tips around professional development and reaching out to bore audience and venues. And I want to hear from you. So if you are bold and brave, take a picture of your actions, post them on social media and tag me. I'm at Ting Chawen on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And before I forgot, have you subscribed to the podcast? Once you subscribe, you won't miss any new episode. My friend, I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.